All right. Well, this is episode 14 of Vague Zone. Welcome, welcome. I am one of your co-hosts, Thomas, and with me always is Daniel. And this week we're talking about Final Destination 3. We're doing a, our series run through. It's been a little bit. We had a, a little little time off, but we are back with Final Destination. And so, yeah, we're going to get get through this series. We're almost we're like midway through it. And so, yeah, this is the third entry. Uh, I think it's a pretty interesting film. Uh, what did you think of Final Destination? Um, so I saw this. I think the f- I saw the first Final Destination. I skipped the second one, then I watched the third one. So this one I'm already familiar with prior to uh, this podcast. Uh, I really I I liked it back in the day. I think now I'm running into the issue of watching all of these sequentially. I'm realizing how repetitive and samey they all are, and yeah. It's kind of losing its allure. I think. I think if you're gonna watch this series, just watch one a year. Don't don't do what we're doing, <laughs> where you're watching one every other week. Um, it's a little little too much Final Destination. <laughs> but uh, but I still think I, I I still like this one. I like that they're getting back to having it be a teen movie rather than an adult movie. Um, I think this works better as a teen movie because you're dealing with kids, maybe not. Um, you know they can't go to the authorities because no one's going to take them seriously. The last the last movie had a cop in it, so there was like an authority figure in there. Um, yeah, it's a different vibe entirely. I liked yeah, I liked that they kind of went back to the more misfit group of kids that are just kind of like bickering and just letting all of this stuff kind of just happen eventually to them. And these movies, the characters are usually like different stereotypes, um, very different like cookie cutter personas. Uh, I think on the the Final Destination 2 episode, I said it's almost like a game of Clue or something like that, where every yeah, character definitely. fits a very specific identity. Um, and I think it might work a little bit better with with high school movies, because I remember being in high school, and it's like you had punk kids and goth kids and jocks, and yeah, there are and these different I, identities. Yeah, and I like just the kind of the arrogance of their youth and their, like, there's persons trying to kind of just convince them just to not die. And everyone's just like, no, like F off. Like we don't want to talk to you at all. Like they're just kind of in their own, you know, in their own worlds on their own trajectories. And, and so, yeah, I was, I thought it was kind of amusing just to see how like, like, yeah, they're not going to be working together in this movie. And I thought that kind of helped for it. So like, yeah, just get to the inevitability of just the insane choreographed death scenes. And I think with like teenagers, it's it's like a cliche that people think teens uh, have this sense of being immortal or something. Um, they, they don't have to worry about their own mortality. And so having yeah. this be a teen movie where you, like all of these characters are facing the vast variety of ways that they could be destroyed. Um, yeah, I think that really worked. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, like, I, I, yeah give me your thoughts. I was going to say, I thought this was a, a stronger sequel than what I anticipated. I thought the visuals are really good i think it has some of the better shots framing and color of all of these last movies like the first one i thought was kind of cool i keep referencing it's kind of like a, a cousin of a scream movie or kind of it fits in that same kind of canon of yeah. earlier type of movies i think this one is its own weird kind of thing it's like the shadow of 9-11 is looming over this oh, movie boy. so he- like so heavily There's very so many, aggressively like, yeah so many bad jokes and like really aggressive like osama bin laden puns that yeah. were just like sticking out like it, it's it's such an insane little like time capsule and yeah I, like i said i watched it on election night i was kind of buzzed i was definitely like in the mood for something kind of silly and 
yeah, I, I, I like this one a lot more than I thought I would. It has some of the more gruesome death scenes so far in the series, too. So I think that kind of helps it stand out for being... It feels a little bit more dangerous in some ways. If you're going to... So we've only watched three of them, but if you're going to rank them so far, how would you rank them? Uh, one, three, and two, probably. Mm. Like, yeah, I think the first one is really is really strong. It's it's funny and it yeah it gets weird and it does some cool stuff with the me- mechanics of death. And the second one is too much of a copy of that. And this one it it takes that first concept and it just goes crazy with just like the roller coaster scene and like the the scene in the hardware store sticks out to me a lot and like the tanning beds and like yeah all of it is like it's like doubling down on a lot of these images. But I think yeah. it does it well. The characters are yeah so so, but I think yeah, just the the scenes of them getting killed. It's just like they like they put a lot of work and thought into it. I think. Um, yeah, this is also so. I think I, I'm probably rank it the same way. One, three, two. Uh, this is also the return of James Wong directing. He directed the first yeah. one, um, so it definitely feels. I don't know. It feels like it's operating pretty much the exact same way. Um, I will say that I think Final Destination 2 has the better opening scene um, or the better better opening tragedy or whatever. Yeah, I think that freeway scene is just like phenomenal. I like the roller coaster scene and the way it kind of breaks down. And there's like some really interesting shots in that scene where uh, Wendy is her name. Yeah, there's like just like sticking with Wendy in the roller coaster was like. I, I was really feeling for her because she's just like watching her classmates kind of just like drop to their deaths. And, <laughs> yeah. like, and that was really effective for me. Like, so yeah, I thought the opening premonition was good. Not, uh, yeah, not as strong or as like insane as the freeway car crash in two, but I thought it was still pretty good. I think it, I think it functions way better as a way of uniting all of these characters because Definitely, that was yeah. a problem for me. in the second one is like, why are all these people united for having avoided a car accident like like this yeah, they, so much better yeah it, like. they got off the car it's the same as the airplane they got off the airplane before things went wrong um, yeah and i don't know about you but like i was terrified of roller coasters growing up and pretty much to this day and so nah, yeah I like i was coasters. totally i was totally with wendy like yeah get the fuck off this roller coaster like there's so <laughs> many signs every little like little thing that we're seeing as the audience you know like the like uh, a screw coming loose or something like that it's like okay this is just all the more reason to get off but the fact that she's just like not even sitting with her boyfriend is like making kind of freak out i was like yeah like i I totally buy that and it felt very real um something i wanted to mention was so last time we watched a final destination movie final Destination 2 um yeah it opens with this car wreck and the night after i had watched it i was driving home from san francisco i was driving across the bay bridge and probably like 20 30 meters in front of me um there's there's a car in front of me and it quickly changes lanes and it changes lanes and i see why uh there's this i just see these like lights reflecting off of my beams because it was at night um there's something in the road and i'm not sure what it is for a second i thought like maybe it was some cones or something and it's one of those things where like i said this was like 20 30 yards away i'm probably going like 60 miles per hour um, I quickly have to like look over my shoulder, my left shoulder, make sure there's no one there because I'm going to have to change lanes. I have to yeah. realize that there's a car behind me and I don't want to brake so hard that they slam on their brakes. 
split second decision. Yeah, I don't want to break too slow that I end up hitting whatever it is in the road. Um, so like I like I hit my brakes, but not too hard. There is a car next to me on my left, so I'm like, fuck, I can't switch lanes to the left. But fortunately, I'm able to slow down enough that they pull ahead and I switch lanes. But then it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to switch lanes at the last minute because then the car behind me is going to slam into whatever's in the road. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fortunately, they were able to veer off to the right, and we both passed this object in the street, and it turns out it was a fucking... It was a ladder that had been, like, oh, folded shit. open, and it was, like, sitting on its side... And that totally could have killed us. Um, yeah, that's that's a yeah, fucking hazard. It was terrifying. <laughs> and like, I remember, so I, I went to the left lane, the driver behind me went to the right lane, and we were both like kind of driving alongside each other. And I saw her like look back at the ladder and being like, holy shit. Like, yeah, that's wild. Yeah, it fucking, it was terrifying. Um, Emily yeah. had to call was... <laughs> like um, Highway Patrol to like let them know that there was something on the bridge. Yeah. Yeah, seriously, good call. Yeah, like I've had some moments like we have a kind of collective oh, I just, like, realized we avoided something really hazardous with another driver yeah. on the road. I forget where I was, but some person in a truck, like, cut the person off to my right in an insane way. Just, like, just completely drove around. And then, like, my windows rolled down. I was just, like, we both had this, like, collective, holy shit, like, did that just actually happen? And, like, those moments are always really, really insane. And so, yeah, that's, I'm happy you did an evasive maneuver. <laughs> yeah. I had a, yeah, I had a friend tell me a story about, like, getting hit uh, and getting in a car accident and like in a intersection and just like closing their eyes and then when they opened their eyes they were on the correct side of the road and they were oh, they shit. were still driving <laughs> like yeah it was just like this miraculous accident yeah that's wild anyway back to yeah. final destination three yeah so yeah i i like this movie i think i think it's strong i like um yeah, I like how it kind of sets off. I appreciate Wendy that, you know, she's trying to just do her best to figure it out and kind of solve this mystery of, like, what happened and what is going to happen as far as, like, death chasing them. And so, yeah, it is kind of yeah repetitive that it is the same kind of, like, okay, we're trying to just figure out what is causing this and how we can stop it. But, yeah, I think the execution here has a lot of really good scenes in it as far as just like the choreography of it and there's like there's fake outs but i think it's it's well uh orchestrated yeah and you could watch it as a standalone like you don't need to watch the other one kind of, it's kind of nice it doesn't clear doesn't show up clear rivers it's it's yeah it's completely disconnected so yeah no tony todd no no mystical well, black man he does have a he does plot. have a slight cameo he has a voice cameo in this movie um as uh, the... where is that i like don't like didn't notice maybe i, I was just so it's at the busy. beginning when they're at the amusement park, there's this large statue of Satan or of like the devil or something. And it says something about, I think it like it's inviting them to the ride or something like that. And that's Tony okay. Todd's voice. Okay. Um, but that's like the only cameo he gets. Um, okay. That's, that's kind of cool. But yeah, maybe we should dive into, do we want to dive into breaking it down? Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, yeah. Let's talk about just, the whole picture motif and how that kind of just leads her to using these photographs to kind of try to find out what is going to happen and how these people are going to die and how she could probably save them. Yeah. So the movie starts like we've been talking about. It starts with a roller coaster accident. Um, let's see. We get like introduced to all our characters. They're all a bunch of high school kids. It feels like this is some sort of um, senior trip or something like that, right? Like it's like yeah. A, 
graduation celebration or something. I don't know. Yeah. You, I don't know if you probably didn't do this for your senior year, but for my senior year, my entire graduating class, we all drove down to Disneyland okay. for like a senior night. Yeah, we yeah, went to yeah. Knott's Berry Farm or something like that. Okay, uh, yeah, so it was, yeah, it's reminiscent of that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's like a senior trip. Uh, there's this dude, Frankie, there, though, who is a little bit older than everyone else. Older creep with a video camera saying very questionable things. <laughs> yeah, and... <laughs> He is the most horrifying part of this movie, I think. Uh, yeah, I, I did not like this character. <laughs> at one point, he has, like, a, a necklace of a silhouette of a naked woman. It's, like, something you see on, like, a trucker's mud flaps. And yeah, he yeah. he's, like, talking to these two girls. I call them the Beckys. Uh, they're Ashley and Ashlyn. But yeah. um, he's talking to these two girls, <laughs> and he just, like, he says to them, like, oh, what's that? Sure. And he takes his necklace out, and he licks it. Um, yeah. Yeah, definitely the most disturbing thing in this movie. Yeah, he like does like a upskirt picture of another student, and then yeah, he's just like, yeah, like you graduated a few years ago, right? And he's like, I still hang out though. And they're like, this is just really yeah weird question, <laughs> really Fortun- weird. Yeah, fortunately, he's not in the movie too much because uh, he dies, <laughs> like yeah. everyone else in this movie. Um, yeah. So yeah, we get the we get the roller coaster death, um, and we do the same thing that we've done in every other movie where. It turns out this is a premonition, um, and our hero, in this case, uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, um, homewrecker Mary Elizabeth Winstead, (laughs) (laughs) she, yeah, she's having a premonition of the roller coaster accident, and so she decides to get off, which causes a bunch of turmoil amongst the students and a few of other, the other people get off the roller coaster, um, yeah, and just another note while, like, I hate Frankie so much, during the premonition, when they're, like, there's a lot of mechanical things going wrong with the roller coaster, but the thing that like is the tipping point that sets it off is they're going and he's, he pulls out this camera because they say there's a little beat where they're like, oh, no cameras out on the roller coaster, yeah. but he sneaks it on. And then when they're going on this part, he's like, oh, show me your titties to the girls and pulls the camera out. It flies out of his hand, wraps us around the... The rail the, or whatever. The, tr- the track, yeah, yeah, racks around the track, and then that is like the cause of the, of the horrible, horrible roller coaster accident. I hated that line, and I hated that character so much. <laughs> I was like, oh, of course, him pulling it out for this really voyeuristic moment is going to cause all of their deaths. But you bring up an interesting thing, which is his camera causes the deaths. So when he gets off the roller coaster, why is it that the roller coaster continues to crash anyway? Because death is super, super persistent <laughs> in guess. this movie. And yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, there's a moment where they're like, okay, like, we got off the track and it's totally fine that, like, that element was removed. But, like, in other Final Destination movies, like, death is persistent yeah. and, like, it will still take who it wants to take. It's like the opposite of the Jeff Goldblum thing in Jurassic Park. It's it's death finds a way in this one. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> well said. Um, so, let's see. Uh after after the roller coaster accident, uh, you know, Wendy, she's she's terribly depressed because she saw it happen. Um, the Beckys invite her out to go tanning to try and comfort her. Um, I, I guess I should be calling them the Ashleys because one of them is named <laughs> Ashley and the other one's named Ashlyn. <laughs> but they both strike me as Beckys. <laughs> Becky, Karen, you know, it's, 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 it's one of them. It's a thing. Um, yeah. So that's very nice of the Beckys, you know, inviting her out. Um, even though they're stupid and superficial, they're they're not cruel. Um, yeah. But um, they go off to the tanning salon while Wendy goes home to review her photographs from the night of the accident. And we sort of cross-cut between the two, where 
Wendy is realizing there's all sorts of uh, sinister stuff happening in these photographs. And the girls who are tanning, they go to the tanning beds, they turn up the heat, they bring beverages into the room where they're supposed to be tanning, which they're not supposed to do. Um, and the guy who runs the salon, he's taking a phone call out back and the door locks behind him. So now uh, there is no one to save them should something go wrong. Yeah. And, and I don't know if you reviewed the Wikipedia page for this, but they like spend a lot of time kind of talking about the color temperatures of this scene in particular that like the picture that Wendy is looking at, it's uh, the Ashley and Ashland they're in front of, uh, yeah, they're like in front of some rise and there's like a really warm uh, orange kind of color in the, in the frame of that picture. Yeah. And then it's contrasted with like the neon blue of the tanning beds, which they're in, which they're getting okay. killed in. And there's like, like I, there's a lot of like writing about just kind of like that color and like, like that contrast. And I thought that was interesting because the other two movies don't really have that deep of Wikipedia pages, but the one for this movie is a lot more detailed and a lot more focused on kind of just the, the mechanics of how they photograph these death scenes. I mean, I did notice the color in this scene, but I think it's because it's so, so we're, like I said, we're cross cutting between Wendy, who's at home reviewing photographs and uh ashley and ashlyn who are at the tanning salon and ashley and ashlyn they're both wearing these outfits where i i wrote down that they look like highlighters um one of yeah. them is like in neon yellow and i think the other one's in neon pink and of course they're both tanned um and i don't know like one of the girls has blonde hair they're drinking big gulps which i think are also kind of like neon colored yeah, like the drink color is like orange. Yeah, I noticed that too. So it's like, yeah, like the drabness of Wendy's place where she's looking at photos uh, contrasted against like the neon color, the bright sort of, uh, I don't know, it's like sugar and vitamin C, the sort of feeling you get after you've been drinking a bunch of mimosas. Like that's what that scene yeah, to- looks like. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and they're like, is that what they're also listening to Love Roller Coaster? Oh, yeah. Inside? Is that what that this song shows up, which has some grim history attached to it, or well, a grim rumor attached to it as far as the song goes. Uh, but, yeah. I feel like I've heard the story about that. Was there a rape on a roller coaster? Is that what it was? No. The, well, the, the the what's it called? The urban legend goes is in the song Love Roller Coaster, there's like a high-pitched scream that okay. shows up like midway, like a minute and a half through it. And the rumor was like, that's the, like that was audio of the model who's taking the album cover picture of like consuming like really hot honey was getting like burned by oh, that God. or something like that and so like the band was just they just kind of ran with it and they're like oh like well having the mystery and elusiveness of that story is you know okay that can help so well, that seems, so they kind of just like, that seems you know. less less bad than what i was thinking <laughs> yeah it's, it's <laughs> less bad so. <laughs> yeah. yeah the rumor was like yeah like oh like you can hear her being murdered on the track and it's like no that's not the case yeah. like, it's just <laughs> one of the munchkins is hanging themselves in the background <laughs> oh, seriously <laughs> um... <laughs> should do an, ep- an episode on on uh, urban legends attached to, <laughs> to um so yeah the beckys they they both um the heat rises within the tanning salon uh there is a malfunction in the tanning beds and one of the shelves falls down and it sort of creates a situation where neither of them can open uh the doors to their tanning beds they're both confined to these uh boiling hot glass prisons <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a really bad one and they yeah this one this one's bad because i feel like it just goes on for so long like yeah yeah definitely like there's a lot of time spent with like the 
the clerk kind of on the phone outside, like just like totally having this argument that's just going on forever. And it's just like, yeah, like they're just really dragging it on. Yeah. And a lot of time with them just like screaming inside of these standing beds and yeah and then it's ended with like this fantastic match cut of yeah. the two tanning beds with the two coffins at the at the funeral yeah that's wonderful i was like all right i was like all right james Wan, i see what you're doing you, <laughs> yeah. you got you definitely hit up the good cinematographer for this movie because yeah there's a lot of shots in this movie where i just wrote them down because i was like they stood out to me so much um so yeah after that wendy comes to the realization that oh these my, my photographs, they are... Oh, actually, something I did want to touch on is... So so while while the Beckys are burning... <laughs> um, oh, God. Beckys are Beckys burning. Are burning. <laughs> That's, oh, yeah. Hmm. Punk band. Maybe, punk band yeah, band. yeah. <laughs> uh, while the Beckys are burning, uh, Wendy's looking at her photos, and she doesn't really have any hard reason to believe this, but she does believe that the photos are premonitions. Um, yeah. so she tries to get in touch with one of the Beckys <laughs> and she calls her and the cell phone ringtone is the Donkey Kong intro music. Did you catch that? <laughs> I'll, pl- I'll play the sample of it, but it's <laughs> that Donkey Kong That's music great. is also the theme from Dragnet which is really weird. So either these girls are really into Donkey Kong or they're really into Dragnet. Um, Both of those seem like very odd character choices. Probably Um, the latter. Most likely the latter. (laughs) um, But yeah, so after this, Wendy has come to the conclusion that yes, these photos are premonitions. So at the funeral for the Beckys, um, she discusses with Kevin, like, hey, look at all these photographs throughout history. Uh, there's a photograph of Lincoln that has a crack on it, and it, uh, it, it turns yeah. out this is where he was shot in the head or something like that. Um, there's a photo of a shadow of a plane on the Twin Towers. Oh, oh. Yeah, I literally had to pause it for a second. <laughs> I was like, hold on a second. <laughs> you just retconned 9-11 into, into Final yeah, Destination. Fi- 9-11 was a Final Destination movie. So that means... We could have a Final Destination sequel. We haven't seen all of them. Maybe Final Destination yeah. 4 is people who have escaped the Twin Towers. Um, yeah, we don't know. Just so bizarre. And we'll, just like, <laughs> yeah, the opening scene is just news footage. Yeah, they talk about, like, I mean, no, they don't talk about, I was alive when 9-11 happened, and I was, like, 10 or something like that. And so I, like, vaguely remember kind of, like, movies and stuff changing and, like, shifting. There's, like, the, the Spider-Man trailer is a really big, oh, famous yeah. one that had like the World Trade Center in it and then removed. But this one, I was like, this movie just feels like it is so heavily referencing this thing in a way that is tasteless that I thought that that's like the, the only part of the movie that I thought like held it down yeah, a lot. It, I was it, like, okay, like... It has not aged well at all. Yeah, no, And yeah, just like the line, there's one line where the guy, the punk guy, called his manager Osama bin manager later. Yeah. And I was like, that's just like such a lazy post 9-11 joke like we were so angry at like, like everybody back then so yeah i like i was just kind of shaking my head i was like yeah, i mean in really bad taste these movies are made in canada so maybe that's part of it <laughs> like there's like this mm. disconnect uh where <laughs> they're trying they're aggressively trying to be american but it's very clear that they're canadian movies um yeah like even the yeah, character that's shot we have a character named McKinley in this, and they all go to McKinley High School, and it's like McKinley yeah. was assassinated in, in Final yeah, Station yeah. One. It's Lincoln, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what were you gonna say? 
Um, I was just going to say, yeah, that moment is just really bizarre because it's happening at the funeral. So there's just like a really odd tone there when they're like, yeah, like she's like, okay, getting further down this mystery and kind of figuring things out. And yeah, just like bringing out that photograph of the Lincoln one. I was like, where are they going with this? And then like bringing out the 9-11 one. I was like, okay, this just I feel like this movie would be different if it came out, you know, a few years later or a few years earlier. But yeah, I really, really feel very necessary. I'm really curious how that hit in the theaters um yeah because it feels yeah. bad now but did it were people groaning in the theaters when it happened um i if i had to assume i i think there's some like you know raw raw patriotism going on it's pretty raw after this is, after that this is 2006 though true the, tr- like very true as i was saying that i was like yeah this didn't come out in like 2002 yeah. or 2003 it came out in 2006 and so i don't know maybe the writer was stirring for a little bit and then it was like, all right, I'm going to, you know, yeah, I'm finally going to give them their, in there. yeah, I'm going to give them their comeuppance. <laughs> yeah. Bush, <laughs> yeah, it'd be great if they like made it a conspiracy thing. Um, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah, Winnie and Kevin, uh, they're continuing their chat about these photographs. Um, I guess they decide to go get a bite to eat or something because they're in a drive-thru when they're discussing, um, you know, Wendy's, fo- the, the photographs that Wendy actually took the night of, uh, the roller coaster accident and on the radio it starts playing this song where it says there is someone behind you or something yeah. um i i don't know how this song isn't supposed to sound sinister like is this supposed to be a romantic song like out of con- like in the context of you know norm normal everyday uh, life? maybe at one point <laughs> in time but yeah the, there's someone right behind it's you. Yeah, so it's fucking this, the, creepy it's a very strange song yeah it's like <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's it's really strange. And yeah, having it come on in the radio while they're at like the bottom of this hill is just like, okay. Yeah. Your mind starts going to work. <laughs> we know we're in a Final Destination you. movie. Like, this cannot end well. Yeah, totally. It's like you're getting food and you're at the bottom of this hill and there's a truck in the back of the frame. And so we're kind of already putting two and two together. Yeah. But the scene does end well because Frankie dies. Um, a truck yeah. comes plowing. Uh, yeah into the drive-through they managed to get out of their vehicle in time but uh it does it like plow through their vehicle is that what happens and then it hits frankie's so the way it's choreographed is, is so gnarly in my opinion because yeah like they're inside of this car and he basically kevin has to like kick out the windshield and they mm, climb out okay. the front of the car and the truck comes down and i don't know if it's the engine from their car from the truck but the it's engine the flies out flies out of the truck and goes through their car and just like completely impales uh Frankie in the back of the head. Yeah, like and there's the a beat. Fan of it. <laughs> yeah, there's a beat where it isn't moving and then they're like they kind of look at him and then the, the fan starts turning and just like rips the rest of his yeah. skull off. And I was like, holy I was like, holy shit. I was like, did you guys have Eli Roth on set that day? Because that was just like a very specific moment and I just thought that that, that, that movie, it kind of like upped the scale a little bit because I was like, yeah, the tanning salon is really gruesome, but we don't really like yeah, this is definitely a lot of way it. more like, gore, yeah. Yeah, it's more like, even the, the kill that comes a little bit later is, like, even a little bit more gnarly, in my opinion. But, yeah, this one was, like, holy shit, like, it kind of took a step up as far as, like, how dangerous these things can be. And I guess I watched, like, a behind-the-scenes thing where uh, there was actually an accident on set that day when they shot this um, that huh. I think... Like maybe when the uh, engine gets propelled out of the truck and into the person's head, like it just like shot off or something like that. Like there was some sort of accident. No one got injured, 
but it was like they had yeah, thank god yeah they had this elaborate rig and it kind of fucked up um but yeah <laughs> yeah that has to be a really hardcore on set moment for the ad to be like all right like we're about to film like this scene and it like we might be imitating some art life kind of thing here if, <laughs> yeah. if things go wrong yeah really bad joke like, imagine the always headline. really yeah, I, I always hate hearing about stuntmen and women getting hurt yeah. on set. That always breaks my heart. And it's like, yo, like, you just just need a couple more people to kind of just keep it in line. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Uh, Frankie gets annihilated. Uh, Wendy and Kevin go to her house and, you know, they're continuing to look at photographs, looking for clues. Uh, they decide uh, to tell Lewis about what's going on about their understanding of these premonitions because they believe that he's next since he was sitting next on the coaster um yeah and so they go to the gym where he's working out and i fucking love this scene i don't think the death is that great in this scene but this like everything else that's happening is really good um oh yeah definitely they have the photos of lewis that night and I, yeah this is this is great the photo the photos as a as a uh what 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 am i what do you call it a device um because she's looking at the photos and she's looking at all these clues there's swords in the photos well there's swords in the gym uh there's a stuffed bear in the photo well there's a taxidermied bear in this gym why is there a taxidermied bear yeah. in this gym uh yeah. the team is the sultans <laughs> um yeah any what does that have to do with a bear anyways <laughs> um so yeah, everyone. Yeah, so true. Does <laughs> the Sultans have the two of them? <laughs> like, why is there a bear in this gym? Um, but anyways, yeah, everyone in this gym is so fucking hyped because they're all a bunch of jocks. And uh, oh, sorry, you have something to say? No, no, go ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, people are saying like, "Fuck the Bruins," and because because um, Lewis he got he got turned down by the Bruins. Is that what what it was? Um, yes. But yeah. there's like graffiti on the wall that says "Sultans rule" and everyone is just so fucking hyped and kevin is trying to explain to lewis like oh you know wendy she had a premonition that night and lewis says something like um so what she had a hunch like i'm here because i get good hunches before every down like he has a very strange line um yeah go ahead yes he, he has two of my favorite lines in this movie actually very in the very beginning when they're like having an argument about like the a roller coaster or whatever like the guy says fuck you and he says fuck moi and, like, it's, <laughs> yeah. and it's like his delivery of it was just like just so perfect like a really good line reading and then here in the gym he says all i do is win <laughs> like, it's yeah. like the last line he says before and I think like, the swords soon, fall off and i think as soon as they start talking to him he like he just says both of you are on crack or something like yeah. that like he's such an aggressive person um, yeah it's, it's really hardcore yeah and then above him there's like yeah the two sultan swords kind of like kind of rattling above him as he's doing this really like aggressive like not bench press a chest press or whatever yeah and like it's just the scene is just kind of ramping up and like mary elizabeth weinstead is like looking at her photos and she's looking around and she's making all these connections and you see all these dudes lifting weights and at a certain point you're just watching people work out and they're all screaming yeah, um, yeah. they're just like <laughs> screaming and yelling man like i don't go to the gym very often but if the gym was just people lifting weights and screaming i'd probably go a lot more yeah. sounds like a great yeah, time so fuck the bruins <laughs> yeah it just mary elizabeth winston just doing great reaction shots of this, like, <laughs> yeah 
It's like, is this it? Is this going to be the thing? <laughs> and it's like, oh, goodness. Like, this is, is the bear going to be involved in this death somehow? And the bear is, like, mildly involved because I think one of the guys, he, like, drops something and it hits a, the bear's claw, which smacks someone in the face. And then they yeah, drop the a weight. Yeah. yeah, they drop a weight, which causes, like, the, uh, the swords to like rattle a little bit and then they pop loose and they cut the cord on something that Lewis is using to exercise. And yeah, like you said, like he's just screaming, fuck death. And all I do is win. And then his head explodes as yeah, the fucking the workout, uh, the workout machine, like malfunctions and then like just completely crushes his head yeah and i guess like behind the scenes they actually had made a prosthetic head that they uh you know demolished (laughs) Uh, yeah but we kind of we don't get to really enjoy that because the scene is actually just completely covered up in like cg blood it's just like his head he just screams and then his head cg explodes it's kind of weird but, um, yeah yeah there's a lot of head violence in this, in this movie <laughs> yeah well i mean early on in the movie i think like when we're first introduced to his character he's doing one of those test your might things at the carnival where you have a mallet and you uh hit a plank of wood and then it pops a piece of metal up to hit a bell and he's so yeah. strong that like he knocks the bell off but but the way the uh the activity whatever you call it the game is structured is the bell is actually a man's head and uh so he knocks uh the man's head off basically so yeah that's good catch yeah it's good catch um so yeah that's that's the end of lewis <laughs> um yeah and after that i think that's when is that when they go to the hardware store like right after yeah that? up next is ian um ian he is it's ian and what's his girlfriend's name aaron uh these are our two sort of like not goth not like what are they emo scenesters it's 2006 so they might have been scenesters um but yeah yeah edgy yeah kind of edgy dark yeah hot topic kind of yeah hot topic kids (laughs) um he has a line earlier in the movie that like really struck me that i thought was like not like poignant but like it just kind of caught me when they're at the the funeral for ashley and ashlyn he's like he they like have a shot where like it's centered in on him is pushing in and he's like interrupting the eulogy and he's like yeah like pimps and vice presidents are walking around like like and these girls didn't even get to make it to 18 i just thought that's like wow like he they have him drop like something like kind of profound or like i don't know like i'm 17 and this is deep but like i i don't know just like his his character is like is kind of interesting and just like yeah he he has some good deliveries i think um it is interesting that he lumps vice presidents and pimps together yeah um <laughs> uh, but maybe once again this is like a post 9 11 thing uh maybe it's a little bit of commentary on dick cheney i don't know um definitely yeah i think that's a, a good point um but yeah ian he's you know just chilling at the hardware store shooting pigeons with a nail gun um i think they yeah. really want us to realize that this is not a likable character in that moment um definitely uh and so Wendy and Kevin come to Ian and Aaron to give them their whole spiel about, oh, you know, death has a plan and it's killing everyone in this order according to where they were on the roller coaster. And uh, Aaron says something along the lines of, are you saying death is like a person? And Kevin says, no, it's more like a force. So I think this is an interesting contrast to the first movie where, and I guess kind of the second movie, where it felt like death was more personified. Um, 
like especially with the the bathtub scene in the first movie where we see the water uh leak out of the back of the toilet and then recede yeah. um i felt more like death was making decisions and this one i don't really feel that way it feels more like death is just this you know an unfortunate uh and inescapable force um and i kind of like that yeah uh, yeah i think it works for this one pretty well and they i think they use the uh, the photograph motif really well because it adds just like another visual kind of mystery game the audience gets to play yeah. like in these in these small moments where like clearly like we all know we're in a final destination movie and so we know that something bad is going to happen but then we get like a little bit of a visual clue and within this tiny frame there's like little like misleads and red herrings cuz like the the nail gun is like is fired off quite a few times like i guess like the pigeons and everything and then also inside of the frame is the word skill and so like we're led to believe it might be like a skill saw that like is, is like in the scene mm-hmm. and so like i think it does that really well where there's little tiny things inside of uh, maybe it said kill i think it said skill because like it's like a game of skill or whatever. yeah and i was like yeah like they they kind of did that really well was just like placing those little visual hints in there and so well Wendy is trying to decipher it in the moment. All of this shit is happening in the hardware store, which is like the worst place to have a Final Destination scenario <laughs> yeah. unfold because of so hardware many stores options. are just are just just yeah, so many options for dangerous things to happen. And so yeah, you have like a, this unmanned forklift that's just like slowly causing kind of chaos in the background of this scene, where like like some like a piece of a bag of something will fall, you know, and little things are like falling and just like Rube Goldberging towards. Yeah. And it's, I think it's heavily implying that Ian is going to be the one that gets killed. So I thought it was actually a a good kind of fake out that it happens to Aaron instead. Yeah. And it seems to happen in a way that isn't necessarily built up. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And it's super brutal. Like I, like I think she gets it worse out of any death in any of these movies so far as the, Oh, the I don't know. I think the right. elevator scene and two is still pretty gnarly just cause, just cause she says, <laughs> does she say, I don't want to die? Yeah, that's, that's, that is true. Maybe that, that's definitely top three of it. Yeah. I think, yeah, her falling against the nail gun and it like, it impales her hand to her. Yeah, it, is, like, a, it, it just, is a wild scene. The detail of it is just like, it sells it so much more, I think. And, yeah, it just, it really kind of grossed me out. I was just like, holy shit. And like, I don't know, there's something about, maybe it's the way the actress is performing it because it is just, you know, she has makeup of nails on her hand and face and she's just sitting there vibrating against the nail gun. But it, it kind of yeah. feels like a Halloween horror sort of thing, like a Halloween haunt. Um, I don't yeah. know. But I, I, I like it. Um, something I was going to say yeah. is I something that crossed my mind while watching the scene is I don't know what the fuck Ian is doing. <laughs> like he, yeah, they're like closing up or something, but they're just, like... yeah. At one point he's just like, oh, I'm just going to get the saw and start cutting some wood. <laughs> it's like, wh- yeah. what is your job? I, I even wrote down, I was like, who lets high schoolers close a hardware store? Yeah. Like... By themselves. Kids, <laughs> yeah. Who are dating. Like... <laughs> they're just going to be like, fucking is... all over that place. It's like you guys, you fucked on every surface <laughs> and everything. <laughs> got someone hurt when i was in when i was in high school i took a after school like photography like a photo digital editing class um yeah. and me and my girlfriend both had the class and it required us to like stay after school for an extra hour 
Um, we were both very good students. So our teacher <laughs> was like, oh, I want you to do this uh, project. Yeah, go to the library and do this research. And it's just like, we would just leave and go make out. <laughs> like, and then like we would come so back bad. like with barely anything done and it, it didn't matter because like we were so so such good students in every other aspect of the, of the class oh that's so great <laughs> um anyway uh so yeah aaron gets shot a million times in the head with a nail gun and then from there uh wendy realizes her sister julie is next um yeah so julie there's like a fourth of july celebration happening in the town uh Julie has gone to the celebration and Kevin is working at the celebration. And Wendy notices that her photo of Kevin is a photo she took with her flash on. And so he thinks what he's in for is a firework in the face. Um, yeah. And there's a lot of good stuff here in the, cause it's like a, a centennial kind of Renaissance fair thing going on. So well, yeah, there's a lot of good little like visual setups with like the fireworks and there's, there's, there's horses yeah. there's a like it's like a blacksmith kind of like going going at it on like some he's blacksmithing something yeah and i just thought that yeah like it was another place where it's like yeah like this is really dangerous too if you kind of just like look at it yeah in a slightly different in just a different explosives lens. everywhere there's yeah it's like explosives animals children <laughs> yeah there's kids chasing each other with sparklers they're not even kids these yeah. are like they look like they're like 18 year olds chasing each other yeah, around yeah. with sparklers <laughs> and kevin has to go chasing after him um and it's like neon red security jacket yeah and there's a ben franklin who uh is trying to discover electricity does he say fuck you ben franklin the kite is aloft now let us hope for some lightning fuck you ben franklin very political movie once again yes yeah, very aggressive political final destination movie. yeah you can tell it was made in the united states from <laughs> ben franklin and 9 11 <laughs> What is more American yeah, than Ben and, Franklin and 9-11? And, and McKinley, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Wendy shows up uh, to try and save her sister. Kevin is keeping an eye out for her. Um, and I don't recall how it happens, but somehow Julie ends up being dragged by a horse. Um, yeah, like it's weird because in my mind, I think that happens right after her friend gets impaled by the it's, flagpole it's, or it's something just prior because yeah i think like a horse takes off and somehow it hits a rope that's tied to a stake and the stake flies up in the air and then it wraps around yeah i was definitely it... thinking of you in this because i was just like okay like this is this going to be just extremely over the top and like just like a, a insane kind of just like a to b and b to c kind of thing <laughs> of just like these like little things bumping into each other so i i i think i got a little bit of that that weariness during this scene so i was just like okay like this is just going to be one massive like you know orchestrated thing again and so i was like i was kind of down but i was also like yeah getting kind of sick of it by this point i mean it almost gets there like because she's being dragged by the horse towards this like i don't know what this metal structure is but it's like this large sharp metal structure um but uh, just before, you know, she can get a bunch of what are basically spears through her face, uh, Kevin shows up with a, a sword and he chops the yeah. rope. Where does he get the sword even? I thought he got that from, maybe he got it from one of the actors or... I guess. Uh, not, yeah, not impersonators or whatever. Uh, it was nearby. Yeah, that's the thing. There was a lot of kind of random things happening towards this particular scene. And so 
yeah, I it's not like I was like not buying it, but I was just like, okay, I feel like they might have gone just a, a step too chaotic towards the end of it because it just feels like there was just like a lot of visual things going on. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Kevin manages to save Julie. Wendy and Julie and Kevin are all reunited. Um, Wendy is asking Julie, like, who were you with on the roller coaster? Who, who are you? Who are you sitting next to? And that's because because she's next to die. And then that's when Julie's friend, who's standing nearby, realizes it's her. And as she's coming yeah. to the realization, a girl who has had no lines in this movie, um, yeah. she gets impaled by a flagpole. Um, and that's the end of this woman we've never met before. <laughs> yeah, really cruel towards the end that <laughs> her friend gets off that way. Um, so just after this, Kevin narrowly escapes a propane explosion. Um, and then Ian shows up because he is determined to kill Wendy because he believes that, well, if, if Wendy dies, then that screws up death's plan and it'll mean that everyone else gets saved. Right. He's like, yeah, it's like if death is coming for you, just get rid of you. And then the equation, you know, this whole cascading thing is just done. Which I don't think really makes sense because I think Wendy's turn is actually at this moment right yeah like it, yeah i would yeah agree with that and then also at least being fans of the series like the audience is kind of aware that death will like you guys try to finesse death every single movie and it like it comes back and gets you like it'll yeah. blow up the barbecue because it wants to blow up the barbecue yeah. you know and so uh so ian's trying he's out to kill wendy um something happens where some fireworks get set off uh wendy dodges the fireworks uh, they end up striking this large structure behind Ian, which collapses and cuts him in half. Um, yeah. And I think this might be the most gruesome death in the movie. If Well, I mean, the tanning salon, great death. Well, there's a lot of gruesome deaths in this movie. Uh, I think they're all pretty gnarly, but yeah, that one definitely is, is pretty rough, too. Because it's like this one, he gets... And I don't think it was supposed to be like this. I think this was a, a reshoot. Uh, they made it even more... Uh, I guess grotesque where I think originally he just gets crushed but they did a reshoot so he gets cut in half and part of his body is still twitching <laughs> uh, yeah there's a whole behind the scenes thing where like they show like half of his body is covered in like green and then they like yank him to the side uh, to make it look like he was cut in half um, uh, I, I definitely want to check out the special features and the the choose your own option version. I don't, I've been really distracted with the world <laughs> since the election kind of happened. Yeah. But yeah, I thought that would be a good a good little remix to the ending and the viewing experience of this. Movie. Yeah, it is weird that this has a choose your own adventure thing because it's like they shot this with DVDs in mind. Um, yeah, which isn't really a thing that happens anymore. Um, so yeah, even after the scene. So uh, so originally the movie was supposed to end after McKinley died. Um, but I think test audiences weren't that happy with it. So they tacked on this, uh, sort of epilogue that we get where Wendy's on vacation in, is she in Europe? Is that what's going on? Where is she? I thought, I honestly, I thought it was New York. Maybe like, she's in New I, York. I, I, yeah. Like I wasn't exactly sure where they were. Cause I think they're going to see a soccer game. Okay. I, but a I, classic like, I, New like, York I, soccer game. Yeah. <laughs> like I, like, I don't know. Like I was like, are they in college going to see like a football game or are they like, overseas going to you know with a bunch of soccer hooligans in there like i was Mm. like is this a new york subway or a uk subway but uh yeah she's she's on a subway with her friends clearly far from home um i yeah i want to say she's in europe because that makes 
the coincidence that happens next uh, more coincidental, I guess, um, which is that she runs into her sister, Julie. And yeah. as they're chatting, you know, Wendy's getting all sorts of bad vibes from what's going on. She sees uh, an ad for a tanning salon. Um, she sees... She hears the song. Yeah, she se- hears the song. I think there's like buskers, right, who are singing the song? Yeah. Which is yeah. similar to Final Destination 1, where a busker is singing the John Denver song. Um, yeah, definitely. And then they run into Kevin. So all of the survivors are here together. And the subway crashes. <laughs> it, and it's a pretty good crash scene. I feel like this rivals kind of the intro sequence. Um, we get Kevin yeah. being sucked out of a window and gr- ground up along the side of the subway, which is pretty cool. Yeah, hardcore. Yeah. Um, some sort of flying object comes soaring and just annihilates Julie. Um, and then Wendy appears to have survived the accident and she's... Uh, on the train tracks and then as a train is coming towards her the the beam of the train coming towards her um we zoom out from her eyeball her teared eyeball and realize oh this was yet another premonition and then we cut to black and then we hear the sound of uh you know a train screeching and we get the feeling that the premonition probably came true yeah this one totally was effective on me as well like like I, I guess I, I might have just been thinking about the election and you know, I had a couple of beers, but yeah, when when it does the when it did the the zoom out out of her eye, I was just like, okay, you guys like you totally fooled me because I thought that that was gonna be the way that they totally ended this movie, but yeah, then it kind of goes back to this moment of oh, we can maybe try to save it, and then we get an ambiguous ending where you just hear kind of screeching and noises and then the credits start to roll. And I thought it was a really a, a, a strong choice of ending, in my opinion. Yeah, I guess it's interesting to leave it ambiguous because part of, I don't know, I, I feel like with the sound of the screeching, because I think maybe we even hear a crash, but at least with the sound of the screeching, it makes me feel like, yeah, the premonition came true. But if the premonition came true, then what is the value of having it be a flashback anyway? Um, yeah. Which kind of bothers yeah, me. Yeah, I thought it was... Yeah, I thought it was um, that was the word. Um, totally forgot what the the term I was going to use, but yeah, I thought it was a, an effective kind of sleight of hand to kind of happen at the end. Yeah, I just wasn't expecting yeah, it to, to sort of go out on it on a premonition. Yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, I guess it would, if if any of these characters returned, then I would feel like there was payoff to having it be a premonition. But I'm feeling confident that they don't. I haven't seen the other movies, yeah. but feel like they probably don't yeah and, and when i initially watched it i i was like yeah it's heavily implied that they don't survive but you know just cutting away i think adds a little bit of mystery to it which i appreciate uh did you have a favorite death in this movie um i would have to say i think the hardware store scene stuck out to me the most um yeah just because something about nail guns nail guns are just like really intense tools to me and yeah the the car scene at the drive-in is kind of ridiculous, and the tanning bed was like, I, I, yeah, I thought it was a little bit more silly than like actually like really dangerous and scary. And so yeah, the the nail gun felt like that, like you know, that could be some real, you know, you slip in your garage and that. Could I don't know. <laughs> Seems pretty. I mean, I mean, hell no. <laughs> if, if if you know. If <laughs> if it was plugged in and I situated think, in a bad way, but I haven't used a nail gun, but I think 
I think you have to have it pressed against something before it'll fire. I don't think you can just like fire it off. Yeah, I yeah. yeah, there's like there's like a safety on it yeah. or something. Mm. I don't know. Maybe it's just the immediacy of just that tool, and I don't know. I just reacted to to that, and so her death scene sticks out to me the most. I really liked the Frankie death. Um, just seeing that head get ground up was pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the tanning beds are pretty. I, I think I just like the cut between the tanning beds, but the tanning beds just felt so cruel. Um, yeah. Just seeing those women yeah. have their skin burnt off and like having the yeah, glass pretty... shatter, and I don't know. There's so much shit. Yeah, it's pretty torturous, like what they kind of go through. And yeah, like I keep referencing this Wikipedia article, but they talk about how there's a literal tipping point in the in that scene where like things are escalating, but it's not until like the air conditioning comes on and pushes over the coat rack that mm. locks them into yeah. into the the tanning beds, or like there's like a, a little like a bubbling point, but not until like a literal tipping point does it get bad. So I, I thought that was kind of kind of uh, interesting little observation. Hmm um yeah any final thoughts on final destination three yeah um yeah the the sense of humor in this movie and yeah it's kind of the connection to 9-11 is still seems really strange and like that is something i took away the most walking away from this movie and just like including that as like part of the the death premonition thing that like wendy realizes that death is you know like involved with the pictures like yeah just that kind of reach and that idea like kind of blew my mind a little bit because it, it felt really audacious to be like okay yeah like these terrible things are really happening but it's also the reason why lincoln was shot and it's also the reason why well is it the world trade Center is it the reason so I, or is it just that these are premonitions <laughs> or yeah, maybe yeah maybe reason is the wrong word but it's like the premonitions and the fact that it's I guess it, um, implying a trend or something like that, just like that idea just yeah. seemed really kind of insane to me. And like the other movies are kind of like, kind of light and, you know, popcorny, but this was one where I was like, okay, like you guys are getting political and like, <laughs> like trying to like connect this to real world, real world things. And that aspect of it, I like was not a fan of, but everything else I thought was great. I thought it was visually very strong, much better third chapter, you know, sequel than I thought. It was really surprising. I like Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. The chore- uh, the choreographies at the deaths really, really intense and really gory. So I thought kind of elevated it to another level of horror. But yeah, I think like the politics of this movie is like sticks out like a sore thumb. And yeah, there's just some really strange lines. Well, because it's like I don't think the movie's really saying anything politically. Do you? Yeah, no, not 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 really. But the fact that it's there just seems that it's like... sort of grounded within our political reality somehow. <laughs> Yeah, like the kind of thing where like was that just like the writer being like, okay, we have to do this, or was we have to incorporate nine eleven? <laughs> the viewers demand yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, it just seems yeah, seems like for a genre like you know horror with escapism, and, you know, we just want to have fantasy and you know, think about these really dark, strange dream scenarios. To have it kind of be grounded in something so realistic to seem to be like, oh, like, wow, like, that seems like a really odd choice. It'd be great if she just, like, kept showing photos where it's like, see, JFK, see, the <laughs> Titanic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that'd be so fantastic. And then, yeah, Kevin's just like, oh, like, we need to go to therapy. <laughs> this, is, yeah. this is starting to be concerning. There's like, Heaven's, heaven's Gate. <laughs> <There's> all, <laughs> oh, God. It just keeps going and going. Um, oh, goodness. I don't know. I mean, yeah, the 9-11 stuff is weird. Like, why is this 
Final Destination canon now. I don't want to be thinking about 9-11 while I'm watching a Final Destination movie. Because that yeah, exactly. because I feel like now I I have to think about well, what about the people who survived 9-11? What about the people who escaped yeah. the the World Trade Center? Is like, are they Yeah, doomed? it's just thing it's like it's one of those small details that begs so many more questions yeah. than it than it does. Uh, I don't know. It's good it's good. But uh, I think people, like I said, shouldn't watch these movies in such a short span of time as we're doing because, <laughs> like, I think I said on the other episode, like, when you when you watch these, you realize the one of the major problems is that the, the, the stakes are life and death. And life and death, those stakes really only have value if you like the characters. Um, I think Wendy is likable I, I i think having them be teenagers makes them more likable somehow um Definitely. but i don't know it's this movie yeah they're fine whatever <laughs> <laughs> it's better than it's better than two that's all you need definitely yeah um what do you uh, well what have you oh uh, i was gonna ask you first <laughs> what have you been watching this week uh, what have i been watching lately I'm, have you been watching the mandalorian are you caught up yes i have right. i'm caught up what are you thinking um, I that first episode is fantastic. I'm already, I'm really, really, I'm like already forgetting what has happened. Uh, yeah, so the first episode is with the crate worm and like hitting the, oh, the, yeah. the sand people. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love, I love that episode. I thought that was just really, really good. Um, yeah, this even the, the second episode I thought was, was really nice. Um, yeah, it's getting kind of really deep in the lore and like, it, like this third episode is a little. A little bit different. I wasn't crazy about it, but I was like, okay, I'm I'm down to to kind of just go deeper into this world that they've sort of created. Yeah. So the first one of this season is yeah, it's the worm episode where he's doing a job for a guy who has the Boba Fett armor. And yeah. so yeah, we're gonna spoil everything for anyone listening. <laughs> um Man- Mando spoilers. Yeah, Mando spoilers. Uh and then at the end, we get the reveal that Tamora Morrison is back as Boba Fett, um, who played, yeah. you know, Jango Fett, and Boba Fett is a clone of Jango Fett. Um, I think it's really cool to see Tamora Morrison back in this because he is the proper age or around the proper age that Boba Fett would be if he were in these movies. Um, yeah. But <laughs> it's funny for me because. Uh, my friends used to call my dad Jango Fett when I was growing up because they <laughs> think he looks like Tamora Morrison, and I can kind of see the resemblance. But uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, it, that, which means I'm Boba. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, but yeah, yeah, that first episode's really great. It feels a lot more like a kind of like a samurai western thing. It, it does feel like a, a lone wolf and cub comic or something like that, which is pretty cool. Um, bringing yeah, these two keep... warring factions together by taking on larger menace. Yeah, I keep people like mentioning like they liked the fact that there's a different side of the sand people that we kind of get to see yeah. too, like because they're just like this kind of faceless, voiceless, you know, force. Not not force, but like you know, a group that just like is on Tatooine or in the desert, and so they're just kind of there in the main movies. But here we kind of get like their culture and kind yeah. of like how they like connect and what they like value. And it's, I thought that was beautiful. Cause I was like, okay, like giving us like these deep other sort of sides of the star Wars universe, but also like, it's not just Jedi. It's not just Sith. It's also the other little ancillary characters or whatever. I, I really appreciate yeah, that. It's so, it's so cool. <laughs> like it is, I'm starting yeah. to feel like 
I, and I've seen other people express this too, that like TV is the better place for Star Wars because I think with the movies, there's just way too much pressure. And yeah, like Disney fucked up with the sequels. <laughs> like they just did. Yeah. Um, it's really, you know, unfortunate. But with the with the series, what's cool is that they could test out all these different directors and there's the stakes are lower like um we know we're getting a new episode if, we, if we're not crazy about this week's episode well we're getting another one next week you know it's not a big deal yeah it's like i could literally watch mandalorian planet hop forever like like i could literally watch this for seasons on yeah seasons. and i'm really sad that totally there's only three episodes <laughs> like every once in a while i'm like fuck i just want to watch another mandalorian episode um yeah and i i really I like the uh this most recent one also um uh there's a part in it that I, I, i'm looking at the wikipedia right now uh, that really stuck out um um like i okay so this whole baby yoda eating the eggs thing yeah that was really <laughs> that really bothered me <laughs> yeah i was like yo i because i told you i was kind of skeptical about baby yoda before i was watching the show and so i had to kind of get won over by his cuteness in the first season and so yeah they did a, a i think a, a a ballsy thing by having him be just like kind of a little fucker in episode two and it's like well, having him eat these eggs well last season there was uh there's a scene i don't remember what it was but there's a scene where he gets angry and he kind of i think he want, i want to say he like force chokes someone or something like that and like <laughs> and i remember watching it and i think i even said out loud i was like oh no he's evil <laughs> like <laughs> like how because it's because it has it hadn't even crossed my mind that there is a potential for evil in Baby Yoda and yeah so I, <laughs> the dormant Sith energy <laughs> yeah he needs to be taught he needs to be taught how to be a good person he's he's incredibly powerful and he needs to be taught how to direct that power um, there was a headline going around where it said something like Baby Yoda canceled due to genocide <laughs> <laughs> due to committing genocide yeah yeah just uh they did that so well because yeah he's just such an adorable inquisitive little <laughs> thing and then you get told like yeah like this is the last you know eggs of yeah. this species i shouted <laughs> i shouted out no <laughs> when he ate the eggs yeah when he like the the hallway is like the the way they shoot is so perfect you just like just peeks out the corner just like oh, it man, is it's like so it's like when you watch your dog like lift its leg up next to something it's not supposed to be on and you're just like no yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Please don't do that. Um, yeah. I love you, but stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ah. Yeah, so, yeah, I think that was a really, really strong choice. And, yeah, I I, I was, like, kicking myself because I was, like, oh, I'm, like, not excited to watch this show. But then, yeah, I was sucked in completely on the, the Marshall episode. And, yeah, the, yeah, the, the Passenger and the, the Heiress, I think, are two really solid episodes as well. So, yeah, I, I can't wait to, to see where it goes and meet ahsoka tano or whatever her name uh is. yeah have you watched the clone wars and stuff no no i've never watched any any clone war wars anything okay so you don't know who ahsoka tano is or do you no i know that she is a very dope jedi yeah she is so her whole backstory is um she was anakin's padawan and so between gotcha. i think between attack of the clones and revenge of the sith and so during the Clone Wars, basically. Um, and at a certain point, I want to say she was like framed for something. Like something happened where she had a falling out with the Jedi. And so she left them. 
Um, and so yeah. that's why she was not killed in Order 66. Um, uh-huh. And so in the most recent... So Disney did this thing where they released the final season of Clone Wars. Like, it, it had been off the air for years, and when Disney Plus came back, they were like, you know what, we're going to produce one last season of Clone Wars so that we can finally see how it should have ended. Um, and the way uh, the last few episodes of Clone Wars work out is we see Order 66 through the eyes of Ahsoka, where, gotcha. yeah, like, all the Jedi are dying, and she's not a Jedi, so, like, she has to kind of reason with the clone troopers to not kill her. <laughs> um, Damn. And, yeah, so... So, during The Mandalorian, when he's tasked with, like, giving... Uh, re- bringing baby Yoda or the child um, to the <laughs> Jedi, I was like, I was thinking, I was like, well, the only Jedi is Luke at this point, right? But, but yeah, yeah it makes sense that Ahsoka Tano's out there, and it'll be interesting to see how they loop her in. I'm, I'm really curious how she's gonna look because I, I'm, I don't think that character will look well when translated to live action, but we'll see. Yeah, that's a really good point because did you watch the um? The Watchmen HBO show. Uh, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I I was a really big fan of it too. But I, I felt uh, sorry. Possible spoilers for that warning for the listeners. Um, I thought the makeup for Doctor Manhattan at the end was kind of like right on the border of being like make it or break it. Like this isn't quite working for me. Yeah, I don't know how you felt about it, but I was like, yeah, I was just like, I think not showing him was really, really effective. Obviously, they have to because it's, you know, it's, it's TV or whatever. But when he finally kind of walked on screen, I, I like, I didn't laugh or anything, but I was just like... I mean, like, he does look oh, a little ridiculous, like, with the ball Yeah, it's like, eh, that's, that's kind of strange. That's not as good or as striking as the Billy Crudup version from the Zack yeah. Snyder movie. Say what you, will about, that. Say what you will about that. <laughs> yeah, say what you will about that movie, but I feel like they got Dr. Manhattan to a T yeah. visually. And I, so... For yeah, when he kind of shows up on the last episodes, I was like, yeah, that's not not really working for me. And so I I have high hopes that Disney will you know make her look really cool or you know make it not look too uncanny. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. I mean, there's been other characters from that race, I think, in the prequels, and they already look kind of weird. I'm thinking maybe with Mandalorian's sort of desaturated style, um, maybe they could pull it off, like. I don't know think about how all the other creatures look great like think about how like Zack snyder plays with like superman's outfit <laughs> like it's kind of dull but it doesn't look silly um yeah and then i think you know marvel how they've changed the outfits over the years like captain america and stuff they make it look a little more uh yeah a little less ridiculous a little more i don't i don't know what the word is but it grounded yeah, maybe a little more grounded yeah um so yeah maybe they'll do something like that with ahsoka i don't know her horns won't look as weird or something yeah i got high hopes yeah i'm excited to see where it goes um anything else uh no i guess before we close it out we should talk about what we're gonna watch oh yeah it's your turn i've I've lost oh it's my turn (laughs) (laughs) because i chose wolf Uh, of snow hollow so okay well i don't have a pick right now but i'll have one by the next time i talk to you all right sounds good all right, then I think that wraps things up. I gotta, I gotta take off and go pick up Emily's. Okay, well, sweet. Well, this has been episode fourteen of Vague Zone. Uh, if you want to follow us at Twitter at Vague Zone, you can follow us. You can email us at vaguezonepod at gmail If you have suggestions, questions, lists, complaints, you just want to tell us to fuck off, you can do that too. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, email us or whatever. Uh, yeah, I have been one of your co-host, Thomas, and I am Daniel. And may I say something, Thomas? You nailed that. Absolutely. You nailed that outro. <laughs> oh, sweet! All right, practicing all week. All right, cool. <laughs> uh, until next time, all take right. care, everybody. Later. Thank you.